Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening and I want to be talking about putting the garden to bed today because the time that you invest now on clearing and tidying up your garden will help your garden next season be healthier and more productive. So let's talk about how you can set yourself up for success come next spring. And really the first thing, um, you know, that we're wanting to do in the garden is clearing things away. So we want to be cutting those old tomato plants at the soil level. We want to be picking up the rotten tomatoes that have fallen on the ground. We want to be putting things into a bucket or a wheelbarrow to help get it cleared out of the garden bed. Like whatever method that you're choosing to get things out some people pull things straight out of the garden like roots and all other people don't I tend to leave the roots in so I'll cut things off at soil level and then just let those roots kind of sit because they'll decompose um, over time and help kind of feed the soil a bit but other people pull it out and that's totally totally fine um, but you want to be getting those remnants of things out of the garden so the remnants of your squash plants cut beans and peas at soil level and pull those vines off the trellis and um, gather the cornstalks and how about those chili plants that saw the frost many of our annual vegetable crops can provide a host or a sheltering spot for diseases and pests so you know you don't want those things to settle in over winter and um, because they will erupt in a party of problems for you come spring so as a new gardener it's really best to get things out of the garden bed and get those plant materials into the compost bin if they don't look like they've got signs of disease now i get it if you're a new gardener you might not know is this a disease on it or is it just kind of the normal age and normal frost damage and if you're not sure then create yourself an isolation compost heap where you can put things like that that you're not sure of and let them break down you know over a much longer period of time and maybe use them somewhere else that is not your vegetable garden um, so that's one way that you can deal with it other people tend to burn things that they're not sure um, if it's diseased or you know if it's definitely diseased stuff burn it and um, for various people burning's not really an option um here in maine there's only certain days that you can burn in the uk there's certain days that you can burn um you know you might need a special license to be able to burn or a special permission so burning's not always a solution for people but having an isolation compost bin might be an option for you to use and if you're really not sure about it then you might just want to put it into the normal garbage um, let's talk about cleaning because we want to be doing other things when it comes to cleaning too and clearing those autumn leaves off the grass and pathways. Um, thick layers of leaves can easily come together um, throughout fall and autumn. And those thick layers, especially if they're on the lawn, will definitely kill the grass underneath. Um, and if you leave them on a path, that can make them a bit of a slippery mess that becomes a hazard. Um, so you might want to think about raking those up or mowing them up um, and using them on your garden bed to cover the soil. Or you can add them to your compost bin as a high carbon or brown material that help balance the green high nitrogen materials. So, you know, if you've got like a lot of kitchen waste coming out um, and you happen to have a lot of fall leaves, 
that's a really great way to help balance that compost bin so it doesn't become overly stinky because you need a higher level of carbon materials to the amount of nitrogen materials to help have that compost break down quickly. Um, fall leaves are one of my favorite things to build soil. I use them as a mulch. I layer them on really thick um, on my garden beds in fall and I love to use them to protect my garlic growing and if I've got other plants that are in there overwintering, maybe things like rhubarb um, or comfrey, things like that, that I want them to come back again. Um, I will use fall leaves to help kind of protect the soil um, and protect the plant under there. But fall leaves have been really good. They help definitely protect that soil from rain and snow um, and they're free too they're really easy to come by for a lot of us that live in an area where you know the trees shed their leaves in autumn um, sometimes um, neighbors happen to have them some people you know bag them up ready to be collected in the waste um, you know you can if you're friendly with your neighbors why not ask them and see if you can take their fall leaves um, for the garden too um, I know there's various people who do them um, who do that they're able to get leaves for you know community gardens that then get you know used by other growers um, but I really like using things that are coming off the the homestead and fall leaves are one of the main ways that I've built soil over my gardens um, over the last couple of years so I'm really fond of using fall leaves and you should be too um, they're like I said really easy to get hold of um, if certainly if you're in the, the northern states um, and areas where it gets cold um, but for some people it can take a lot of time to break down especially if you're using them in the compost bin so you might want to think about um, shredding them some people run them over with a lawnmower other people use like a, a leaf shredder to be able to do those or a, a mulching attachment and stuff see what works for you um, and maybe if your neighbor has one handy maybe you can double up and um, do it together to you know rather than having to buy your own maybe you can see about um, helping a neighbor or another gardener out I know that um, there's options for um, tool libraries um, in various places globally so maybe have a look and see if there's a local tool library nearby that you might be able to borrow one or maybe see about renting one for a few hours um, places like some of the big box stores offer like a tool rental and a wood chipper or a leaf mulcher might be one of those things as well rather than having to buy one however if it becomes something that you think that you definitely need and start to use a lot of then you might want to consider investing in one and that's what we did because we knew that we had a lot of things that needed shredding and mulching and wood chipping right you know we've got a property that's got a lot of um, trees and things on there so we were we ended up investing in one but we got one that was able to handle leaves too um, because you can just put the leaves that you've raked up like the, the full leaves into the compost bin um, you can do that but you will end up with like these kind of mats forming of the leaves and they get kind of chunky and they take a long time to break down remember when it comes to composting the smaller the pieces are the faster things will break down and compost so small is often better when it's going into the compost bin let's talk about maintenance next because maintenance is probably the last thing on your list 
I know it's definitely on mine. I hate doing maintenance on stuff. Um, but really, taking the time, especially now, to do some basic maintenance on things. And I'm talking about little things that you might not have considered, like, you know, grabbing those outdoor furniture pillows and cushions, giving them a wash, letting them dry, and then putting them away somewhere that's going to be dry, it's going to be out of the weather, and preferably away from critters that are going to think that this is a nice place for them to set up a home. Um, you want to be putting away patio sets so they don't get rusty over the winter, bamboo canes and trellis, tomato cages, even wheelbarrows or you know garden kneelers and seats, things like that. You want to be grabbing those, getting them out of the the weather that's going to be coming because that's going to be helping them to last longer which is going to be saving you money right you're not having to keep replacing things you want to clean dirt and rust off your garden tools oil and prune your shears maybe um or you oil your pruning shears not oil and prune your shears you don't want to be pruning your shears but you want to be taking care of your pruning shears oh dear i think i need some more coffee this morning um but taking the time to sharpen your tools, clear them of the rust and, you know, give them oiling and stuff, that's going to help them be usable for years to come. And don't forget about things like wooden handles. If you've got um, tools that have got wooden handles, you know, there's various like oil things that you can put on the wood to help them last a little bit longer and try and get them out of the weather. Um, so we've been clearing um, the little shed that is down by the garden. Um, I mean, it's still covered in a lot of mouse poop and stuff at the minute. Um, but we're going to be putting all the garden tools and stuff in there to keep them out of the weather and just protect them. Because if we keep things out of the weather, then they're going to last longer. And I've got a lot of like old tools as well, like they're kind of antique ones. So I want to keep those going for as long as I can. I mean, they've lasted at least 50 years and, um, you know, they can last at least another 50 more. So, you know, take take some time to do that. But maintenance isn't just for those things. Also taking time to mend netting, like bird netting and stuff if you use it. Um, things to keep critters off your fruit and vegetables. You know, it's a needle and a thread or taking some time to tie things together. Um, mending frost fleece too with a needle and thread. These things help make them last longer it's going to save you money plus think how happy you're going to be when you really need it you pull it out and there isn't like a giant hole in there that you've then got to spend time repairing because what i i can guess that the time when you're pulling these things out or you know the time when you really need them to be operating right you don't want to have to be like having to take the time out to do a repair to be able to use it certainly early in spring like I'll be whipping out my frost fleece to cover the blossoms on the various fruit trees to protect them if we've got a frost coming so I you know I'm able to help hopefully have a harvest later on so you don't want to be thinking oh my gosh there's a giant hole in here now I've got a you know pull this together and I just got home from work it's seven o'clock at night you know I want to be you know getting these things done and getting on with my day so you know if you've got a bit of time like just sit down with your needle and thread and get them repaired or you know maybe there's a better way that you know you've found to do repairs I mean the internet's a great place um so you might find something that works a bit better um but taking that time now is going to help take the stress out of it 
later and especially when it comes to things like your frost protection because you're trying to certainly in spring you're going to be trying to get your veggies out a squeak earlier under that frost protection for an earlier harvest and you know it's already stressful when it comes to spring when you're trying to get your seeds started get things out get things hardened off like you're managing all of that so let's take out some of that stress and do it now while things are winding down for the winter anyway maintenance also includes things like lawnmowers and strimmers and those weed wizard things you know you want to be cleaning them up performing some basic maintenance um so that they will see you up and running without cursing and yelling at it to start next year hopefully um I say hopefully because that's mostly how we get our lawnmower to start is by cursing at it um, and yelling at it. Um, but there's lots of maintenance videos about online. So, you know, you can look up the make a model of what you have, see what you need to do. But if it's something that's out of your comfort zone, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in having, you know, a professional do it for you, especially if there's a risk where you might hurt yourself. If in doubt, get the professionals out to do it. Like don't don't worry about it, you know, have the professional do it because, you know, that's often going to be, you know, better. It's going to take a stress off you anyway. But if it's something that you're comfortable doing, then by all means, go for it. Like I would not be comfortable servicing um, the ride on lawnmower that I have. Like I don't really have those kind of skills. Like I know how to clean the blades and get the you know, the grass mats and everything out from underneath. But in terms of some of the other maintenance stuff, I wouldn't really be comfortable doing that. My husband, on the other hand, is comfortable doing those things. So, you know, we kind of tag team stuff like that. And maybe before you look to doing the professionals, maybe there's a family member that you've got that knows how to do these things or a friend who knows how to do these things. Um, but of course, you know, don't, don't worry if it's not something that you're comfortable doing. You know, don't hesitate to get a professional, right? I wouldn't be happy lopping a tree down with a chainsaw. I would be more willing to pay an expert to do those things. So always operate within your comfort zone when it comes to various homesteading tasks and you know, especially where things um you know are a little bit dangerous and stuff but not everybody needs to do these kind of maintenance activities some maintenance on various equipment is just a good a good cleaning things like your seed starting stuff right your um, pots and containers that you've been used for growing various plants throughout the year you know now's a good time to give them a wash with some hot soapy water and get them cleaned and ready to go so when it comes to your seed starting which might be december it could be january february march april could be all of those months right have everything cleaned and ready to go now so you can just grab things fill them with your seed starting mix and get started for next year like there's just there's so much prep that you can do now so you're basically off and running next season and there's going to be no stopping you now i know that i mentioned mulch uh with the 
fall leaves but mulching your garden beds is really quite important um, and it's really part of putting your garden to bed it's like you're pulling like a nice warm quilt over it um, but things like organic straw that's free of pesticides and herbicides and thick layers they work as a good mulch um, I've seen people use shredded like shredded paper as a mulch um, for things like the straw though you might be able to pick up like cheaper bales um, especially if you ask a you know a feed store if there's any spoiled bales that are not fit for animal feed you might be able to pick them up cheaper um, but try to make sure that they're organic ones if you can that don't have any pesticide and herbicide residue on there because a lot of those broadleaf herbicides um, can give you various problems in your garden um, especially when your seedlings and stuff are coming up because I mean a broadleaf herbicide is you know targeting plants with broad leaves and that's pretty much everything um that you're trying to grow in the garden so if in doubt don't don't bother to pick it up like use something else as a mulch instead grass clippings can be used as a mulch um, for a lot of people october is the last time that they mow their lawn if you've got a bag attachment that makes things really easy peasy because you bagging those grass clippings and as long as you don't use any um, pesticides and things on your lawn then you could use those to cover your garden bed grass clippings break down very rapidly though um, so you can use those as a layer and then maybe put some fall leaves on top or maybe some straw or your paper or whatever you can use mulches in combination and really use what you have I mean some people use cardboard I love to use cardboard I love to use cardboard in my no dig garden but I use it as a base layer other people cover their garden beds with it as a top layer um, and you know I love seeing the worms underneath as you're kind of pulling back um, cardboard layers and stuff anyway and it's kind of fun to see you know because they're helping my soil recover they're helping my garden to grow um, in some areas though you might want to cover your mulched garden beds to keep the worst of the rain off and this is helpful if you've added compost or manure or even fertilizer to your garden beds in fall because you don't want that to run off into a watercourse or leach away um, however if you do cover the garden bed with a tarp or plastic sheeting you know you're going to all that effort you're going to weigh it down with stones and stuff so it doesn't blow away you know don't be surprised if you find critters under it in spring because you've basically made them a nice dry warm house to live in over winter um because of that I don't cover my beds with tarps or anything like that now I just mulch over winter there was one year in Utah where we covered um, the garden bed with a tarp to help keep the fall leaves in place and um, so we were worried about them blowing away and blowing into the neighbor's garden and stuff and I covered it with a tarp and we had like mice and rats in there I will never again cover it with a tarp um, but I know some people do and they don't have that problem with the rodents um, so I just wanted to throw that out as a as a line of caution um, for some people it's not an issue other people it is but you might find various critters bunking down um, in there not just rodents um, so let's talk about composting um, because you want to kick up your composting before the snow hits um, you've likely got a bunch of stuff that you want to add to your compost pile if you've been clearing out your garden beds and now's a really good time to you know 
chop up the big stuff to help it break down faster turn everything over that's going to help mix things up it's going to help that composting process it's going to help deter critters from getting comfortable with the house that they can eat a compost bin is basically likely to become a rodent's trashy gingerbread cottage if you don't get in and turn it and you just kind of leave things be um especially where I live because it's rural like I I have to be on top of those kind of things um because I don't want to be attracting vermin into you know the garden area I definitely don't want them to be like oh look there's an interesting house up there on that hill maybe I'll come and live in there like I don't want that I don't want that so one of the best things that I can do is number one I've got my compost heap far away from the house but also number two um getting in there and turning the compost heap at least once a week especially before it freezes it's going to help deter the animals from getting in there and making it their home but it's also going to help make your compost faster because you're getting air in there you're mixing things up if you've got everything kind of broken down into small pieces it's going to really accelerate that composting process and start that hot composting um, and you might have enough time to actually get your compost um, through that process and have things that you can add to your garden bed or at the very least it'll be ready to go come spring so I like to get in there and you know turn things over as much as I can before things freeze solid basically um which does happen here in Maine it does it does freeze solid and um, but for some people if you've got a large compost pile or you live in a mild area then getting in there and turning things over is just just a good way to help keep that compost active and keep it going and if you're in a mild area anyway it's a good time to be able to pull out things that are finished and get them added to your garden bed because if you're in those southern states where you've got a much milder winter you're going to be able to keep various hardy vegetables growing things like those cool weather crops right you're going to be able to keep those growing keep things going and then a little bit later on in the year, in the beginning of next year, you're going to be able to start getting your spring veggies in and um, off to the races with your next garden. So I would love to hear from you. What are you doing in your garden right now to prepare for winter? Let me know over in the Facebook group. Until next time, I hope your garden grows beautifully and I will see you next week.